Good morning, y'all. And happy Lord's Day. Thank you. Guys, uh, today, I'm going to ask you a question. What are you grateful for? What is something that you could say you're thankful for? Grateful for something. The Lord loves a grateful heart. Think about it for a minute. All right? What are you grateful for? I could say I'm, uh, I'm pretty grateful for that 34-20 score last night against McNeese. Right, Coach? Congratulations, by the way. Now, I'm going to step out on, on a limb here, and I'm going to ask you Catholics to do something you might not be comfortable with, but I want you to talk to me. <clears throat> Tell me something you're grateful for. Family. Family. What else? The Catholic faith. Life. Blessings. The Adoration Chapel. I like that. What else? What about over here in our adult cry room? Y'all don't get off easy. What are y'all thankful for? Your home? Thankful if the speaker would work. <laughs> Not sure what's going on with the speaker. You mind checking that? Um, what else are you thankful for? Freedom. Great. What else? Your family? Cool. Anybody thankful for your health? <laughs> I'm 47 years old, man. I'm starting to like go, man, God, I'm like aching now. I never said thank you that I could like walk. And, um, yeah, I, I found myself very thankful for that. Uh, just this, three weeks ago, um, my best friend had a stroke. He did not wake up on Sunday morning thinking that he wasn't going to be able to talk or walk again. Right? I found myself waking up in the mornings, and the first thing I do is I wiggle my toes. Serious. And I say, thank you, Jesus, for letting me wiggle my toes. Because my best friend can't do that right now. Right? Thankful for the little things goes a long way. Right? We come to Mass, guys. Listen to this. The word Eucharist, we come and receive the Eucharist, right? The word Eucharist means thanksgiving. That's what the very word means. So what am I thankful for? I think that's probably the first thing we should do whenever we get in a church and we kneel down and we make the sign of the cross, it would be awesome just to give Jesus a litany of thank yous. Because we're coming to Mass to receive the Eucharist to say thank you for the gift of everything you just now said out loud. For my family, for my friends, for job, for freedom, for our church parish, for our health, right? It's important we do that. Another question. <clears throat> How many people are scared of Jesus? Yeah, I wouldn't raise your hand. Um, <laughs> when we look at Jesus on the cross, uh, it, it's not really something to be afraid of. Are y'all working over here yet? All right. It's not really something to be afraid of, right? We see Jesus here on the cross, and it fills us with love. We can't look at the cross and say, I'm scared of you. Why? Because it's Jesus saying, I love you this much. I'm going to die for you. Right? There's no fear in that. Right? Why do I ask that question? Well, because today's readings are about the end times. And we hear those words a lot, right? The end of the world. Movies have been made about it. People have made a lot of money preaching about the end times. That's what today's gospel is about. And you know what? Sometimes those words instill fear. It's the end. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Well, we don't have to be afraid if we love him, right? If we love Christ, we don't have to be afraid of what the end is going to be, right? Perfect love casts out all fear. 
Right? If we're waiting what we call the second coming, Jesus came once as a little baby, and we're waiting for the second coming to take place. If we're waiting for him, and we know him here, we serve him here, we spend time with him in prayer, if we know him here, guess what? When he comes back, it's going to be a great reunion. Because you're anticipating seeing him again. I remember when my, my nephew came back from Iraq. Nobody was afraid of seeing Nick. <laughs> Why? Well, because we anticipated seeing my nephew again. My sister was filled with joy and tears. She couldn't wait for him to get off of the plane to be able to hold him in her arms again and to welcome him home. There was no fear on my nephew's return home. Same thing happens with Jesus. Yes, He's going to come back again. That's a truth. That's a fact. And whether I believe it or not won't change the fact that He's going to come back. Right? I can sit there and argue all day long, but Jesus, I don't believe in the second coming. I don't even believe in God. It doesn't matter. He's not going to ask your opinion when He comes back. Oh, excuse me, do you believe in me? No, I don't. Oh, well, then you don't have to worry about everything. No. Like, He's coming back no matter what. Because that's part of His plan. Because he wants to gather us all. All of creation is groaning and waiting with joy, the psalm said, for the coming of Christ. So we don't have to be afraid. But Jesus does speak about it in the gospel today. Listen to what he says about it. It's important we see this in, in Luke chapter 21. He speaks about the temple. The temple in Jerusalem. He says that there's going to come the day where this temple is going to be destroyed. There won't be, he says, one stone left upon another. It's going to be wiped out. Now, guys, that's crazy, crazy talk. Imagine if they would say that about St. Thomas. If there was a prophet that came around and said, you know what? The day is going to come where St. Thomas is going to be leveled, where St. Peter's Basilica is going to be leveled, where the co-cathedral is going to be leveled. What Jesus is speaking of here is a prophecy. This was around the year 32 A.D., something like that when Jesus spoke these words, maybe closer to 33, because he's about to go into the upper room and establish the Eucharist, the Last Supper, and then be killed. So it's just a couple of days before that. So this is around 32, 33 A.D. What happens historically is that in the year 70, the temple of Jerusalem is destroyed. The whole thing is leveled out. And the Jews are taken captive by the Babylonians. So Jesus is speaking of them of something that's going to happen in the not-too-distant future. And then he says, people are going to come in my name. They're going to say, I'm the Messiah. They're going to say, the end times are, are here. They're going to stand on the corners of the streets and they're going to be on TV and they're going to be telling you that the end is here. Repent and give me all your money. He says, don't believe them. Don't believe them. He says, there's going to be times of war. Nations are going to be against nations. Kingdoms against kingdoms. There's going to be earthquakes. There's going to be famines. Hurricanes. Right? You know, those things happen right now, don't they? Just look around. Nation against nation? Seriously. Wars are happening. Earthquakes take place, famines are happening, people are starving. All these things are happening in the here and now. This isn't something that's going to come later on. It's happening in the here and now. I think it's important we see that. How do we go through a hurricane? We know these well. We don't fear hurricanes. They're a reality. They're, they usually happen to us. 
we buckle down, we prepare well, we have a hurricane party, (laughs) and then we help each other out at the end of it, and we make it through, don't we? It's what we do. So yeah, there's some anticipation, but in the end, it won't change the fact that the hurricane is still going to come. We've got to prepare for it, absolutely. Right? But those are our realities. So Jesus isn't speaking of something um, that's going to happen way down the road. No, these are happening in the here and now, and this is how we deal with things. Is He going to come back a second time? Yes, He will. He will. And He's going to come, as He says in the Scriptures, coming on the cloud, the Son of Man will come on the cloud riding, and He will separate the goats from the sheep, and he will, everything will be taken up to Him. That's a little further on in Luke's Gospel. But let's talk about something that we'll all see one day, right? We're all going to see our own personal second coming. St. Paul thought the second coming was going to happen in St. Paul's lifetime. That was 2,000 years ago. (laughs) The great St. Paul thought Jesus was coming back in his life. And as he got a little bit older, he realized, well, maybe that's not going to happen, and he changes his tune and doesn't begin speaking about it anymore. Because we don't know. That's the truth. We don't know when, it's, when he's going to come back. But we do know that we will all have our own personal second coming one day. We're all going to see the Lord face to face. That day where the Lord's going to call each one of us home, at the end of our life, we're all going to have our personal second coming in that sense. There's that great song by Kenny Chesney. It says, Don't Blink. Remember that song? Don't blink just like that. You're six years old and you take a nap and you wake up in your 25 years, married your high school sweetheart, right? It's about a song of a man who's 102 years old. Anybody here over 100? Man right here in the red sweater. 101. Kenny Chesney made that song about you. It's awesome what he says in this song. He says, he's interviewing a 102-year-old man, and he says, can you give me some advice about life? And the old man's got his little pipe, and he says, don't blink. Life goes fast. He says, trust me, friend, a hundred years goes faster than you think. Don't blink. You best start putting first things first, right? Put first things first. Don't blink. Life is short. We can't ever take for granted the little things that God gives to us. Live life with a grateful heart for the little things, and you'll be super grateful for all those big things. But life is short. And so what do we do in this life? Because we're all going to have our second coming one day. Forgive. Living a life of unforgiveness is like cancer eating us up in our souls. Forgive others, and most importantly, too, forgive yourselves. Show mercy to people. Be grateful for those little things. Don't blink because in the heartbeat, that little baby is going to be going to college. And then they're going to get married. And dad, you're going to be walking your daughter down the aisle and don't blink. Right? So it's important that we realize these things. If we have things that we need to come to grips with in our own lives, guys, do it. Right? If we have our own demons that we need to slay and put to rest, do it. If we need to go to somebody and tell them, I'm sorry, do it. Life is short. My buddy didn't wake up on that Sunday thinking he wouldn't be able to talk. Right? Do it. Don't blink. Life goes too quick. 
We never realize these things. But we don't, really, we don't live this life in a fear of like, oh my gosh. No, we live it with a fullness of life. We live life to the fullest. That's what got you 101 years old. We live it to the fullest so that we can know that we are called to live this gift of life that God has given to each one of us. And the most important thing is that when this life is done, we move on to the next and we live for all of eternity. Who do we get to live with? The very one that we loved in this life and the one that we served and the one that we have given our lives to. We live with Him forever. That's the eternal part. So I remember reading this little cartoon. Just a little thing, a little cartoon with Charlie Brown. I love Charlie Brown, Snoopy. And it's Charlie Brown and Snoopy, and it's the back of them, and they're looking over at the stars. And coming out of Charlie Brown's mouth is this words. He says, we only live once, Snoopy. And Snoopy looks at him. He has a little thing going over his bubble over his head. And he says, wrong. We only die once. We live every day. We live every day. Live life to the fullest, right? And so today, what are you grateful for? This beautiful life that God has given to us? Maybe today at some point, maybe you're sitting around the dining room table like they do on Blue Bloods and they have their family grace at the end of every series and maybe you just go around and you see, talk to your family. What are you grateful for today? Have some table conversation about gratefulness and you'll begin seeing your hearts lifted up. Begin seeing the joy and the laughter that comes out and you begin to see what people are truly grateful for within their lives. That's why we come here to celebrate the Eucharist, to say thank you to Jesus for giving us life. He is the way, the truth, and the life, and we live our life to the fullest in Christ. And so we tell him thank you today for all those wonderful gifts that he's given to us. Amen.